Oh, my God. It's the Big 4-9 on a Friday. Shout out to everybody for getting your weekend on. It is Supercross Eve. A major announcement right now is regarding Supercross. I just went into, as I'm getting ready, doing my show prep, getting ready to record out. I'm like, let's get ready, and I'll make one of the Moto Minutes all about coverage of the Supercross. It's in Oakland. Oakland is in Northern California, Central California, I guess Northern California. And that specific time, just like Southern California, there's no time difference. The Supercross racing starts at 5 o'clock tomorrow, which means we've got to move our pre-race coverage to 3 o'clock. So 3 o'clock on Saturday, the big Fortnite, And then I'm like, why? Why are you having a Supercross race during the effing day? That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Then I'm like, maybe it's because they're in Oakland and they want everybody out of the stadium before it's dark and they all get robbed in the parking lot. Like, they, oh, it's safer if it's still daylight when you guys get out of here. I, like, I don't know what's happening. And they are starting the race as early as hell. So that's annoying. I hate that about the Supercross motocross and they flip around and then they put... Sometimes they give you Pacific Standard Time, and I'm like, 5 o'clock, and I'm like, well, that must be... No, wait a minute. That's Pacific Time. This is stupid. So there you go. We, we're... And then I was looking like, okay, it must be the races are going to start at 7, and the coverage is going to start at 5. But then I look back, and the first race is at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, which is 5 o'clock. So the 250 Heat 1 will be at 5 o'clock on uh, tomorrow so it's freaking stupid also i need to immediately apologize to everyone for my show yesterday uh the fat fingers must have been greasy and on bacon because my music was super 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 loud yesterday my show sucked my entire show was garbage i should have just do it in the trash granted i will tell you this the hunter lawrence interview was solid yesterday that was good quality entertainment right there so the Hunter Lawrence interview was good, but that's recorded days and days before any of the rest of the show. So everything I, I recorded uh, yesterday for the actual stretch show that ran on Thursday was all garbage, and I apologize for that. That's my bad. It's, I can say it's I'm tired and I work too much and da-da-da-da. No, that's a fat finger F up right there. I ran the music too hot and was in a hurry and didn't even check it and just locked and loaded it. Also screwed up a Moto Minute yesterday. There was there was god-awful sloppiness on the stretch show yesterday, and my sincere apologies for that. We hold ourselves to a much higher standard than that, and, and we will do better moving forward. I promise you that, or, or someone's getting fired. I'm fire those sound guys. Sound guys are fired. They're going to get out of here. It's their job. Make this thing sound like a... Like, make stretch sound amazing, and they sucked yesterday. So I'm going to fire all the sound guys and uh, anybody else I can think of firing. I'm still looking at firing everyone involved in the Moto Show on Saturdays as soon as I can afford Weege. As soon as I can get Weege and snatch him away from Racer X and, uh, you know, the the Pro MX people, I'm going to fire everybody at the 49, including myself, that does Moto coverage. And I'm just going to have the Weege. It's going to be all Weege all the time on the Moto coverage. And then I'm just going to screw around and play rock and roll on Monday through Friday in the morning. And talk about Moto and just watch it on the weekends as a fan instead of like his work. This is going to happen. So I'm firing a whole lot of people as soon as I can afford it. Right now the sound guy's fired. Moto, get the sound guy on the phone. He's fired. Tell him he's fired. Stretch show was garbage yesterday. Whoever mixed that down is a moron. All right, right now, besides Moto, well, 
I got a lot of moto talk today. Besides moto my ass, coming up in moments, we're going to talk to my dear friend, the dude that used to ride the chicken wagon. That's where we came to know and love him. And now he is on a Honda, a firepower Honda to be exact. His name is Max Anstey. He gives us really long answers because he's really fired up about racing moto. He loves racing motorcycles. He'll tell you so. Don't make me break out the, the Max Ancy drop where he says, Hi, my name is uh, Max and I like racing dirt bikes. Well, that's what he does. So we got Max Ancy coming up in moments. If you missed the spectacular only highlight of yesterday's show, and that was the interview with Hunter Lawrence, that'll come up in the middle of the show today. And then I'm going to break into all of the damn stories I got. I got stories. I got to make a wah, wah, wah on all the balloons the government's been shooting down and why you haven't heard any updated reports. Somebody's embarrassed. And then I got another story about, well, besides our government being buffoons, the Chinese are buffoons too. And they do a lot of posturing. And I'm not saying the Chinese. I'm saying governments in general do a lot of posturing just BS. And China did it yesterday. And it's like, ooh, scary. Yeah, suck it. Suck a little Chinese penis. And speaking of sucking little Chinese penises, I got a story about penises. And this this story I'm going to give you, no joke, it's the reverse of Neil Armstrong. It is one large step for man and one horrible backward step for mankind. But uh, we're going to get into penises. And it's going to be good. All right, then I got... Uh, Let's see. I got a guy that tried to get out of jail with a fun little disguise. And I have a what the Florida story because it wouldn't be the stretch show without a what the Florida. And then, oh, man, I I really got to get to. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to run Max Anstey and then I'm going to give you the balloon update. The balloon update is a wah, wah, wah. And you will feel shame about, well, everything. And, and I'm well, here's what's weird. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to guarantee, unless you're a very small minority of nerds in this world, you would not know is true. Even the nerds I hang out with, and I hang out with a lot of nerds. Big 49's chock full of nerds. We're the nerd herd running around here. None of our nerds knew about this. None of them. None of our nerds knew about this because they would have already said it. My nerds would have called me and said, Stretch, stop talking about the balloons. You sound like an idiot. This is what that was. And my nerds don't even know. That's what a minute fragment of nerds. It's like super nerddom. And you guys won't know about it because I didn't know about it. And the scary thing is, neither did our government. That's the scary thing. So we're going to break this down. It's 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 fun. It, and you're going to love this story because it made me laugh over and over and point fingers and laugh. So we got that. And then I got a good story about uh, what happens when you find out your husband's banging a hooker and you know where the hooker is. Uh-oh. Got one of those stories. And it's from my favorite place in the world. Fuck it, Thailand. It's from fuck it. I got a story from fuck it. I told you guys, if I ever have anything from fuck it, Thailand, it goes on the air immediately. Just so I can say fuck it, Thailand over and over and over and see how many times I can say fuck it on the radio without being in trouble because it's a place, not a verb. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to get into this. It's all fun. But strap it in because we're going to go talk to our friend from overseas next. His name is Max Anstey. Perhaps you've heard of him. He's very important in the motorcycle world. And he's our friend. And it's the Big 49. We'll do that next. The Man Urge. Report! 
All right, David Miscavige is the leader of the Church of Scientology, and there's been people trying to sue them for a long time, and the problem is you can never get a hold of him to actually serve him legal papers. In fact, there's been news reports that he's gone, he's vanished, that no one knows where he is. He has disappeared, he is MIA. Both him and his wife have vanished off the face of the earth, and now a judge in one of the cases has decided, hey, you know what? This is a tactic where you guys duck being served and you bankrupt the people that are accusing you and then you don't ever have to face the actual consequences of whatever it is you're accused of doing so you consider yourself served he's got 21 days to respond if not the judge will find against the church of scientology and there'll be a settlement and they'll have to pay it even though they probably never never will it's kind of crazy i hope he's not up on the ufo with xeno or something and he gets into court and gets this situation handled I love it when Don Lemon from CNN puts his own foot in his own mouth and gets called on it and looks like an idiot. He was trying to rip on Nikki Haley, who is a presidential candidate for the 2024 presidential election. And he says, people like presidential candidate Nikki Haley are well beyond their prime years. This is a lady in her 50s. A lot of women in their 50s didn't look kindly upon those comments, especially women in his own industry. And now he's backtracking like a mofo. This week, the Brooklyn Nets traded their superstar player, Kevin Durant, to the Phoenix Suns, and it was a big deal, and they finally had a press conference for KD and Phoenix, and this can't be all that comforting if you're a player on that team or a fan. When they asked him about his old team, the Brooklyn Nets, he started crying and saying how much he was going to miss those guys. It's like, dude, get it together, you headcase. The Man Entertainment with Stretch. Big 49, it is Stretch, and right now we are going to sit down with one of our favorite riders in the world. His name is Max Anstey, and he rides out of the United Kingdom aboard a Firepower Honda, and he is the real deal Holyfield in this 250 East class. That's because, Max, you've had two races now in the 250 East, and you've got two podiums, and you're sitting at second place overall in the championship hunt, and I do have a question about tonight's event. Congratulations for getting back up on the podium, but it looked like you you were content where you were. Here we are with um, Thrasher and freaking Lawrence about to stab each other with switchblades in the turns, and you were just kind of back there cruising for third, protecting your points and doing the smart thing. Was there a reason to that, or was it just like you were playing the points game and being a smart rider, or was there something going on? Um, yeah. I don't know how much I can say, but I All think right. my, uh, my old girl underneath me was getting a little hot. Ah, um, okay. All right. I don't know if you can understand that. So uh, my, my bike was getting a little, a little hot. Yeah, um, and uh, and I, just with the, the air temperature, there was a few things with my my team manager, uh, Martin Davalos. Yeah. We were a little concerned with the weather. Um, okay. We definitely went the wrong way in uh, in the heat race. Um, we right. uh, we thought they thought it was going to be very very wet and uh, oh okay. And, and yeah, we, we we just didn't want to risk. Uh, uh, you know, getting water in in the engine or, or not uh, yeah. not finishing. So, um, so gotcha. we played it safe, and and then yeah, in the in the main event, um, there's there's some things we got to go back to the drawing board. My bike is amazing for for my start was great. Um, it it was solid for yeah. for for a little while there, but the the humidity here. Um, well, so th yeah. this is the thing that you know. My team is is pretty small, and, and it's hard. We don't have the the, the knowledge and, and experience of, of these top teams. So there yeah. was a few little teething issues, but nothing that I couldn't ride around. Um, and yeah, we we you know they've got a few things to iron out the, these next few weeks. But 
next round's an indoor stadium, so that'll be, that'll be a bit easier and yeah. get it sorted out for Daytona and we'll be on for a good one there. So we'll see. It's, uh, yeah, it, it wasn't necessarily a strategy. It was more, I knew there was nothing I, I couldn't push anymore. I had to save okay. myself in the sand. I couldn't gotcha. use the clutch and I was, I was just, I knew I had a big gap to whoever was behind me, so I was just uh, bringing it home. Uh, and, and you did bring it home, and you got on the box, and you were still sitting at second place in the championship hunt, so congratulations, smart riding. Uh, whoever was making those calls was doing the right thing. And uh, let's talk about this, though, Max. Here you are. You're not a spring chicken. We got young, young dudes out there. You're definitely a veteran rider, and you're, you know, kind of like looks like you're having the time of your life of, or at least the time of your career out there right now. Is this a, a dream for you? Are you just like, you know, rolling through and, and living an actual dream? Yeah, I mean, ever since I was I was little, I wanted to race Supercross, and yeah, yeah. When I was 16, had the opportunity, um, rode for for Star. Um, Back in the day with, with Martin Davalos, who's now my team manager, so, uh, so that was kind of cool. And, and, and then ended up going back to race GPs and, you know, one yeah. thing led to another. And eight, nine years later, you're scratching your head going, man, I, I wanted to be a Supercross car. I, <laughs> I, I love GPs. GPs was yeah. great and I had a lot of success. And, and, and I, I said this last week, but Supercross is, oh man, it, it's, it's amazing to be up here. And, and just for my whole team, you know, the, the firepower team to be up here against these iconic teams, you know, yeah. HRC, Star Yamaha, like to, to put Yuriv, my, my boss from, from, from Australia, he's, yeah. you know, they've worked hard. Martin Davalos, the, the, the bike's competitive. We, we had a few teething issues and this and that today. It was, it was, more, it was a more stressful day than last week. But um, man, it's, it's great to have a nice group of people and, and just to, to, to be up here, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's amazing to be, to be up here in the same conversation as these guys and, and, and these teams and bikes. It's, uh, it's good fun. And I'm happy to, to come away with two podiums first two rounds. Yeah, nice first two rounds. Living the dream, Max. That's what you're doing. Now, let's talk about this. I know that you've raced Supercross before. You've got some experience there. Uh, people look at you mostly as an MXGP guy, an outdoor guy. But now here you are. You're in Supercross. You're racing 250s. Like, what kind of appreciation do you bring to Supercross now that you've done a couple rounds, you know, on this 250 as opposed to even in the 450s before, which had to be a, a freak show out there? Um... Uh, from from GPs, it's it's yeah. From outdoors, it's not it's not yeah. really comparable. But obviously, okay. the last uh, couple of seasons, I've done half the year of, of Supercross on a 450. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it gives me a lot more respect uh, because obviously I, I'm teammates with Dean, and he's yeah. coming in and banging his head against the wall, and huh. it's it's hard. That 450 yeah. class is so difficult, and and it gives me more respect. Um, and open opens my eyes a little bit. I've got a little okay. bit of a different perspective because yeah. Dean's going, oh man, you're ripping. And I'm like, uh -huh. yeah, I know, I, I feel good. The bike is working really well. Okay. But I guarantee if, if I was back in that 450 class, man, you're not just going to jump straight in and, and be competitive with those guys. It's, okay. And I said this again last week, you, you can't start at step three without yeah. going through step one and step two. And, and, and for me, yeah, I, I wanted to come to America to race Supercross. Um, but I've missed a lot of experience with that. Yeah, I've got race experience, so so I'm pretty handy at putting myself in the right position and knowing when to push and when not to, and whatever, and yeah. keeping it keeping it pretty solid. But um, still, the the supercross laps is something that I'm I'm logging, and just 
yeah, just just having that um, having that experience and being back on back on a 250 now, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I'm I'm loving my time on the 250. It's nice. but like I said, you've got to go through the steps. And step one is go back to the drawing board, go back to this 250 class, and and try and execute and perfect my my craft in. If I want to be competitive in, in this class, or if I want to be competitive yeah. in the 450 class one day, again, it's you've got to complete this class, if you know what I mean. So, um, so for me, it's it's all about that, and uh, you know, clicking off my laps and, and executing my what I can do. Uh, Max, you're a pretty well-rounded rider. I'd say probably one of the most well-rounded riders on the circuit, let alone in the 250 class. And how did that happen? You you know, you grew up in England, so how did you come out with um, uh, Supercross experience, Motocross experience, all the different tracks you've got to ride up on around the world? Even this summer, you were in Australia, you were racing the World Supercross. So how does all of that uh, uh, play into you know what we're seeing right now from Max Anstey on the track on this Firepower Honda? Yeah, um, I mean, it's one of those where, like, growing up, I rode Supercross all week. I mean, I okay. was in England. My dad used to build me little Supercross tracks, and, and, and I loved it when I was on a 60 and 80. And I used to go to Holland on the weekends, so I would go ride in the sand, and I'm pretty handy in the sand. There you go, yeah. And I'm pretty handy at Supercross now, so, uh, so, so I'm happy with that. Um, I, I, and then... We raced GPs for years, and I used to hate the French tracks where the Italian <laughs> tracks were just rock hard and baked and you. slick, and you don't really know what they're like. But yeah. you 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 got to go and see them. They're definitely uh, definitely a bit special. And yeah, oh man, I, I couldn't like I could go right back now to Lockett in Czech Republic and know that there's going to be two little slick horrible ruts at the top of the finish line after the turn. And you come down the hill and you back. like I know the track so well there. I could go yeah. and set my bike up to go and do that, but it's not. I don't. It doesn't excite me. Supercross. Yeah. I feel like I'm an 18-year-old. I've said this before. I feel, like I'm, I feel like I'm like, oh, every day I'm thinking, God, can I wheel tap this or can I like do something better than I don't know what I thought? Even today, like there was a little wheel tap thing after the after the first turn. I didn't even think about it in practice. I was like, oh man, that's cool. And then I just done it for fun in, in second practice. It's like I just like it. I, I just like yeah. my brain like Supercross. I know it sounds a bit weird, but um, <laughs> I, I like trying it. to figure that out. And uh, and and yeah. It's going back to coming back to America. It's yeah. it's so difficult to get back to America. Once you leave America, I okay. used I called basically every team, and then it's like, oh, well, you're a GP guy, you're an outdoor guy. Can yeah. you ride Supercross? I was lucky at the time. Dustin Pipes at HEP gave me a shot, and and I mean, in all honesty, at that time, I didn't know uh, I didn't know anything about that team, and okay. and I said to my wife, like my, my deal had, had kind of round up in, in 2019, and and I was I was getting to the point in GPs where, yeah, I mean I won my last my last GP race at Lommel, but if I wasn't inside the top five in yeah. the 450 class, people would come up to me and go, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? I'm like, nothing's <laughs> wrong. I'm racing against Caroli, Geyser, Jeffrey. You, you, I'm like, it's hard. It's not it's not easy, and it's like, oh, he's getting older. He's getting this. Uh. Mate, I'm, I'm 29 years old now, and I and I feel like I feel like it's extended my career and given me uh, a yeah. whole new view on things. I trying to get back to America was is so difficult, especially with yeah. visas, with all of this stuff. It, my wife nearly got stopped at the at the border in in LAX and sent back, and that would have wow. been it. I wouldn't have been over it. I mean, like, mate, I, I, I do everything with my wife. She does everything for me. So it's it's so it's a lot more difficult than than the fans or the media or whoever think to oh why don't yeah. Europeans just come to America? Come to America. It's so much more than that. You know, I, I had 
a house in Belgium. I have cars. I had everything. I have bank accounts. I have everything set up. You try and <laughs> move yeah. to America, it's so difficult. Whereas I was lucky that when I was younger, I, I kind of had my foot in the door. My, my dad was over here a lot more. And it, and it made the transition easier. But still, every team that I called, it was like, well, no, we don't think you're going to be any good at Supercross. I'm like, trust me, I'm pretty, I'm all right. Just yeah. give me a, give me a go. And, um, and then even this year, even, even this year, <laughs> or last year, my, my team, um, Rocky Mountain, ended up going yeah. sideways at one of the races. And, and I went to, <laughs> and you're even mighty going to be pissed, because I went to every team in the pits, apart from Five Power Honda. And, um, and literally, they were all just like, oh, yeah, you're a 450 guy. You're a and I'm like, trust me, I'll be half decent on one of these bikes. Just, just give me a go. Like, I'm eligible. I haven't pointed <laughs> out. Like, oh, and then, and then you're even mighty cool. And said, why don't you come and see us? And, uh, yeah. and then... Look, here we are, and, and honestly, I'm, I'm super happy with it. The, the biggest thing for me, I've been on factory teams all over the world. Yeah. I've been on the best-looking teams. I've been on teams with Ferraris in their workshop where you could eat your food off of the floor <laughs> with massage rooms, badminton tables, like blood test areas. The, the Ice One workshop back in Europe is literally like spotless. It's like the coolest place you've ever been to in your life. But the biggest thing with the group of people that I've got now. And the, something that I really find important is having the right group of people. And okay. man, at the moment, I'm clicking with my guys. I, I love my guys. Even even Yuriv, I know I know everyone jokes that oh, he wow. gets emotional with his Instagram posts, but man, he's passionate. You don't feel like you're another number on a bike, that if you get injured, that's it. You're, you're, you're done, you're out, like whatever. They, they love me in, in a way, well, I think they do, um, and, and, and it's nice because I feel that for, for them too, and I'm, I'm grateful for to have those people because it means a lot to them. It, it doesn't doesn't just feel like you're you're filling a spot and you're replaceable, and um, if you don't perform, that's it. Like so, that for me is something that that's important that I feel like gets missed, especially in America, because in America it's just all you don't perform you're out on the street you've got to get a job like yeah. that's that's kind of how it is so i'm i'm happy to be able to do this for, for my guys and and i'm really thankful for for the group of people that i've got around me now all right uh, max uh, by the way you just uh, you just answered every other question i had here on my sheet before i even asked it so i have one that you didn't you did not answer before we wrap it up here and that is this uh, uh let's talk about that cheater bike from last week where did that come from uh when did you put the cheater bike away did you have to go back to a regular 250 after that story broke because it was all over the internet last week that you were on a cheater bike Let, tell us about that a little bit well we had to take the 280 out for okay. for the heat race and it, <laughs> geez i was struggling then i was all right put it back in so um so we went fast in the main no that's about it no I, again, I'm old enough. I, I've been around. I, I don't even know how you find half this stuff on the internet. People are sending me. I'm like, how do you find this? I don't even know where this is. It's like these, yeah, I don't know, it's random TikTok stuff and whatever. But um, no, it's, uh, it, it, uh, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I'm not too bothered. But I, again, like just to back it up, it's kind of cool. When I walk this track, this track for me felt like a real American supercross track, real tight. The, the last track last, last weekend, it, it was weird in Houston. I kind of felt like I was doing, uh, you know, when I was racing in Australia. Or it, like it didn't. It, it felt like everything went pretty smoothly, and the track wasn't um, super tight. Uh, whereas here, uh, it, it definitely was. So it was nice that the bike worked well, and, and you know, I, I was still fast, still fast in practice, which is yeah. cool because that's not really my thing. Um, <laughs> so no, um, very happy with it. 
I'm done now. I've done, got two results. I can go home. That's it. Job yeah. done. Don't need to do any more. <laughs> yeah. You can put it away now and put the cheater bike away and just go back to that 250 for the rest of the season, Max, because I'll tell you this, we got our eye on you now. They're like, oh, that guy over there from the UK, yeah, he's cheating. He's riding, riding the 280. <laughs> oh, man. Max Ansey, thank you so much for your passion, and it's fun to watch you just kind of be reinvigorated as this season goes on and really, really love what you're doing and it's showing and we're having a fun time just watching you. Congratulations to you and the entire Firepower Honda team. When we get back to the 250 East, we'll see you again. Uh, until then, take care of yourself and, and go take that 280 out of your bike. <laughs> I'm Stretch. This is the Big 49, your home of Moto Rock Extreme. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. Time to take a look at some of the riders on that 450 Supercross injury report. And it goes like this for Oakland tomorrow night. Dylan Ferrandez is still sitting out on that star racing Yamaha crew. Remember, he had a really bad spill. They thought he had a spinal injury or a neck injury is what it looked like at the time of the crash. It ends up he just hit his head really hard, was knocked unconscious, and ever since then has been in concussion protocol. There is no timetable yet for his return. Marvin Muscan from the Red Bull KTM team, he's been out for a while now. Marv injured his wrist while practicing, and they never said if it was a surgery, a break, or what it is. It just says wrist injury and will not race. Another guy that got hurt last week in Tampa is Alex Ray. He went down with a thumb injury and he's gonna be out for some time, but I saw on Instagram that he's already getting that thing put back together and Alex Ray will be back out there before you know it. That's the 450 injury report. I am Stretch, another Moto Minute is coming up. Brought to you by LBZ, just one hour from now. Big 4-9, it is a Stretch show on a Friday. Don't forget today, three o'clock, Moto Man. Bookie Kyle will be in the house. They'll be getting warmed up for the Saturday race coverage, which now starts at 3 p.m. on Saturday. Join us at 3 p.m. on Saturday here on the 49 as we will kick off our Supercross coverage. And after that, voila, we will go all the way till it's over. First race looks like it's gonna be at 5 p.m. That is 250 Heat One from Oakland. Good news for riders, great news for riders. Not only does it not appear like it's going to rain, but we also have no sand. The first weekend and a couple of weeks with no sand, and these riders, I think, are gonna breathe a sigh of relief. Seems like the 250 West riders are a bunch of vaginas, I'm just saying. If I was a 250 East rider, I'd be talking mad smack. Go those bitches never rode in the sand once yet. When it comes back to Oakland, they don't put sand in. They only put the sand on the east. That's what I'd be saying. If I was racing 250 East, I'd be bigging myself up. Yeah, it's because we're better. It's because we're better riders. It's got better skill set on the motorcycle. They feel like it wasn't safe to put it up with the 250 West pansies. That's what I'd be saying. Just saying, that's what I'd be saying. I know some guys in the 250 East, and I'm saying I heard that. I heard that. I heard, I, I heard that. Maybe Max Ansey told me that because he's my buddy. Maybe Max Ansey's like, you know, Stretch, but bloody booger, this uh, sand. We got no sand. That is what he said. They got no sand on the West. He said you're a bunch of bunch of bloody bloody pansies. I'm just don't blame me. Just telling you what Max Ansey told me. Or was it Hunter Lawrence? It was some guy with a funny accent. I don't remember what. There you go. 
right now. Let's get into this. This is this is my favorite story. My favorite story of the day right here. <sighs> you know we've been shooting down spaceship aliens. We've been talking about that. The government's been talking about that. The media's been talking about that. Ever since the Chinese spy balloon, we have been talking about, well, shooting down aliens. And people are, you know, scared. There's people like, we shot them down. And then it didn't help that the guy from Pentagon said, uh, we call them uh, objects and not balloons because that's what they are. There's a reason. And you're like, oh, crap. Well, this is just good. This is just too good. Apparently, there's a little uh, boys club there in northern Illinois. They call themselves the Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. Nib. N-I-B-B-B. The Northern Illinois Bottle Cap Balloon Brigade. I can't make this crap up. And they've been dancing around, picking up the phone. And they've been calling the FBI, and they've been calling the military, and they've been calling everybody, and everybody's like, yeah, go go F yourselves. And they're like, no, 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 no. Uh, guys, um, that was a Pico balloon that you guys shot down over Alaska, and it was ours. <laughs> um, here's the best part. They had a silver-coated party-style Pico balloon its last known location before it vanished because it reports it had a little tiny electronic thing on it and it reported back to them its last known location was february 10th at 38,910 feet just off the west coast of alaska and then it went dark on them and they haven't got a report since yeah they say the popular forecasting uh, tool the high split model provided by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration projected that the cylindrically shaped object, which was floating at around 40,000 feet over the central part of the Yukon Territory on February 11th. Yeah, that's the same day that uh, an F-22 shot that mofo down. Here's the fun part. Uh, these balloons <laughs> are, it's a, it's a thing. It's not like this one little weird group of kids. No, it's a, it's, a, it's a very small group of nerds, like I said in the earlier comments on the show. But uh, it's a thing, and it's a, world, a worldwide thing. They say there are suspicions amongst prominent members of the small Pico ballooning enthusiast community. What the F is a Pico balloon? Well, I'll tell you what they are. It's when nerds get together, and they do nerd shit. This is why we bully nerds. I'm sorry. I may have been guilty of that a time or 14 in my youth. Nerds need to be bullied because they do stupid shit like this. They're like, dude, do you know what would be cool? If we like took a balloon and we put like a ham radio stuff on it and we flew it and we could call it Pico balloons for whatever effing reason because we're effing nerds and we fly it around. It's a very affordable hobby. We could probably get one of these things together, say between 12 and 150 bucks, and we could fly it all around the world. And then have it check in through ham radio, and we know where it is. That's what's been going on. So, once the Chinese spy balloon flew over, and everyone crapped their pants, and the government got mad crap for not knowing this thing was up there, and it was already in the Midwest before 
we knew what the F was going on. And people are like, so they changed the radar settings and now they're picking up all these balloons. There was balloons everywhere. Last weekend, they shot down four balloons. They were Pico balloons. These are Pico balloons. This is a nerd thing. So these little nerds take these big ass balloons and they fill them up with helium. And then they have like a little ham radio thing on them and it checks in. And they're like, oh, look, our nerd balloons over Alaska. Maybe we flew in and now it's taking the prevailing winds. Well, it's going over Russia. Yeah, well, now all these governments are doing the same thing we're doing because they're all like, wait a minute. China's been spying on us with balloons? What are they going to do next? Throw rocks at us and sticks and stones? I guess so. So that's what happened. The nerds are flying these little things. There's a guy who's a retired FedEx engineer. He's the co-host. This is another nerd thing. I find this guy, I punch him in the penis and bully the crap out of him. He's the co-host of the Amateur Radio Roundtable. And he's got three Pico balloons currently in flight. One's in uh, uh, in the northern and southern hemispheres. This is the thing. This is what nerds do now. So they fly their little balloons around. They release them up into the air. They go up to 40,000 feet. They say they could use traditional Mylar balloons, but those will tap out between 20 and 30,000 feet. So they came up with these Pico balloons, which are a lot bigger. Remember, they said these are way, way, way smaller than the original Chinese balloon, which was 200 feet tall. And also you're like, how can you release a giant balloon to fly around at altitudes where passenger jets might be? This seems bad. That's because their weight. Apparently the entire thing weighs under like three pounds. Even though it's a big ass balloon that goes really, really high, it doesn't weigh anything because it's just a balloon with a little tiny piece of equipment on it. All that helium, it goes way up there and it chills around 40,000 feet. So these people have been jumping up and down trying to get the attention of the government. And the government's been like, yeah, shut up. And then the government, I think, has realized, oh crap, we're shooting down these weird Mylar silvery looking uh, and, and believe me, I think now I've seen other UFO videos even shot out of fighter jets where they're like, what the hell is this? Which says to me, the government had no idea about Pico balloon hobbying enthusiasts. They had no idea these nerds were out there doing this crap. And the nerds found a loophole with the weight. So if it doesn't weigh anything, they don't really have any regulations. They can just launch these things up. I'd hate to be in a passenger jet and fly into one. Terrify the crap out of you when it took an engine out of the left wing. Yeah, so they say they contacted a host of government agencies, including the FBI, North American Aerospace uh, Defense Command, NORAD. They're calling on everybody. The Secretary of Defense for comment about the possibility of Pico balloons, and no one responded back. They didn't even acknowledge them as like, yeah, we're, we're not even looking into that. Because you know what? When you hear these guys and you hear the nerds that launched theirs from Northern Illinois and the damn thing vanished uh, the day after and it was last seen at 40,000 feet right where the freaking U.S. military <laughs> shot down one of those things. And you know what? When they, you know they say they haven't found the debris yet? Because it was just a balloon. It was, a, it was literally a, not a balloon with a big spy cargo bay on it. It was just a balloon with a little tiny piece of equipment. Cold day in hell, you're going to find that if that fell into the ocean. They're not finding that one. There's not enough of it, not enough there to find once it gets shot down by a missile out of an F-22 fighter jet. How much do you think that missile cost that we fired at it? And remember, we missed one or two. They had to fire a couple times at a few of them. How many 
tens of thousands of dollars do you think we spent to shoot down a $15 to $25 uh, nerd hobbyist balloon? Four of them. This is great. And now we don't know what's, you know, nerds up there and what's Chinese spies. This just story gets better and better and better. By the way, did you know this was a thing? Because I did not, and I know some nerds. They say launching high-altitude circumnavigational Pico balloons has emerged only within the last decades. Uh, uh, they say it's possible to calculate the amount of helium gas necessary to make a common latex balloon uh, neutrally buoyant at an altitude of 43,000 feet. The balloons carry an 11-gram tracker on a tether along with HF, VHF, UHF antennas to update their position to ham radio receivers all around the world. At any given moment, several dozen such balloons are aloft, with some circling the globe several times before they finally malfunction or fail for other reasons. They say the launch teams never recover the balloons. Once they go up, they're gone. That's why another reason you don't want to put much money in them, and you can get these things up there for less than 200 bucks. The balloons come in several forms. Some like the common Mylar party balloons, and others like the uh, fun shapes, like the ones they were talking about. Uh, an octagon, a spherical thing. Dude, we've all been duped by nerds flying UHF antennas around with giant fun little nerd balloons. All of these nerds need to be beaten. All of them. They need to be brought out and beaten. They say the fact that Pico balloons weigh less than six pounds total, they're exempt from most FAA airspace restrictions. Yeah, three countries, North Korea, Yemen, and the UK restrict transmissions from balloons in their airspace. So the community has integrated geofencing software into their tracking devices. And the balloons still overfly the countries. They just don't transmit while they're over those countries because the nerds have found a way around it. And you know they didn't want you transmitting from a balloon over their country, so you wouldn't fly balloons over their country. And now these nerds have found a way around it. Well, we're still going to fly our balloon over your country. It's just not going to transmit while it's there. We're going to geofence our nerd balloon while we sit around in a circle and jerk off. Yeah, this whole thing has been nerds. I'm going to be up a nerd today for good measure for the United States government. For Uncle Sam, I'm going to find the first nerd I see today, and I'm just going to pummel him. Like, what are you doing? My pocket protector. You broke my glasses. Ah, shut up, nerd. And then I'm going to rub my uh, ass crack on his face after I knock him down. The hell, man. What in the hell? Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Some of them have been around the globe three times, they say. they And they had some over China. Remember, China said they were going to shoot down a balloon over... China that they believe was a U.S. spy balloon. No, it's probably a U.S. nerd balloon. I bet you if you were nerds in China and you flew a balloon like this, they would find you, drag you out of your house and cut your head off. Like, yeah, we're not doing that here. Go to the United States if you want to do that kind of nerdy crap. Yeah, oh, God, this or this. I'm now I'm just... I can't believe that the United States government didn't know about this fun little nerd hobby. Pico balloons. <laughs> Boy. Let's go bully a nerd today. It's National Bully a Nerd today. It's been ordered by President Stretch. All right, coming up next, I'll get into one of these damn stories. Hey, nerds. Piss me off, nerds. It's the Big 49.
Big 49. Finally, Southern California has a real rock station. Big 49, it's a stretch show on a Friday. Shout out to Friday, shout out to Supercross Eve, shout out to Oakland Supercross tomorrow. Coverage here in the 49 starting at 3 p.m. Moto Man, Kyle, Jason from Honda Yamaha Redlands. I'm telling you what, guys, I'm in the studio on Saturday. I am leaving my uh, home studio, and I am uh, venturing to the East Valley, where I will plop myself down in the air chair of the Big 49 Temple, and I will be there. I will be on the the next vlog. You will see me, because I'm going to be there crammed in with those a-holes as they do the moto show. And if anyone, the first one of you that strikes me is a nerd's getting punched in the dick immediately. There's going to be a backlash on nerds. Bullying's going to become cool again. We're going to bully a nerd now after this, out of the balloon thing. It's going to be like, oh, yeah, nerds are back to fair game. Even President Poopy Pants is going to come on. And he's going to say, a trillion nerd beat a nerd. That's what he's going to say. I'll spit it out eventually. I'll tell you the right thing. I also saw a conspiracy right-wing uh, nutjob who I'm, you know, just calling you what you are, but uh, I'm not I'm not opposed to you. Freedom of speech, say what you want to say. Uh, he, he was giving theories on how all of this balloon crap and weather crap, there was some big news stories that came out last week, and the media's not talking about them. Mainly there was that derailment of massive, massive toxic chemicals right on the border of Ohio and Pennsylvania, and no one's talking about it. There's that crazy uh, pollutant thing going on in Michigan again. It's like, dude, how much crap do they got to put up there with their drinking water and all that? And then there was some major revelations in the Hunter Biden laptop story, all blown away by shooting down Pico balloons that nerds are flying around. So the more they talk about that, the less your eyes really on the prize. That's the the right-wing conspiracy nutjob theories I'm hearing, and, and I stay in tune with those people. You know, it's weird. I got people in all, all branches. I told you guys. I am a part of the nerd herd, proudly a part of the nerd herd. The nerd herd is my friends. I love those guys. And I'm, I'm, I'm a member of the nerd herd. I'm a nerd, too. I just don't fly balloons. I'm just not so nerdy that I fly balloons around with UHF-effing antennas on them. Stupid-ass nerds. There's over-nerdy. They give nerds a bad name. Also, I got some right-wing conspiracy nutjob people in my camp. Nothing wrong with that. Got a few right-wing conspiracy nutjob there. Everybody needs a right-wing conspiracy nutjob friend. I got some lefty pink Okami friends, too. I'm trying to make some Mexican drug cartel friends. Working on all this. Just got to have friends in low places, and that's what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm working on. Having friends everywhere. Got some right-wing nutjob friends. Some left-wing nutjob friends. Got some nerd friends. I stay plugged into everything. That's how I do my job. That's why Stretch is the place to come every day for your information. Your information station, the Big 49. All right, let me stop my rant of insanity tired, man. I need to sleep. I've been awake for 30, about 30 hours. 
Got to finish recording. I'll be a little over 31, and then I can take a, take a little napsy for about 15 hours. That's how I do. But I got my duty calls, not the good kind of duty where you sit on the toilet and just choke it out, and then you look down, take a picture of it, and send it to your buddies and go, dude, I just took a huge dump. No, not that kind of duty. The other kind of duty calls of doing a radio show and delivering for the people. Especially after you screwed up a show yesterday so bad it wasn't even freaking airable and you still aired it because you didn't even know you did it till today. It's not easy being stretch. All right, let me get back to my great story that I want to get to. Huge news. I'm the opposite of Neil Armstrong here. This is one large step for man and one horrible reverse step for mankind. Our penises are getting bigger. You're like, how's that bad for mankind? It's apparently very bad. So scientists are discovering that the average penis length has grown like 24% in the last 30 years. And trust me, that's not on the honor system. They don't say, hey, how big's your dong? And guys all say, oh, like two foot? I don't know, 18 inches, somewhere in there. Like, that's what would happen. So they actually measure, and they realize that men's penises have grown significantly in the last 30 years. And what they say is that is a bad sign. They anticipated when they started this study that penises would shrink and they were going to say it was due to pollutants and all kinds of bad stuff. What's funny is when they found out that dongs are getting larger, that they're like, oh no, it's the same thing causing it. It's just rather than shrinking our dongs, it's making us dumber with bigger dongs. I'll take that. I'd be stupid with a huge dong. How stupid I got to be? I just ask. Every guy would ask that question. Well, how stupid? Well, wait a minute. Hold on. Back up. Back up. Wait a minute. I'm stupid, but I got a giant dong? Like, how stupid? And then they tell you. And you say, okay. But the fact that this has happened in 30 years and not over the course of several generations is terrifying to scientists. They say the human body should not be evolving this rapidly, and that's got bad signs for our fertility and the use of our sexual organs. So we may end up with giant worthless dongs in the very near future, according to these researchers. They're saying the fact that we're seeing changes in the male anatomy this fast means something very powerful is happening to our bodies. Yeah, we're getting giant dongs. It's called male dominance power right there. Huh? They say 55,000 men were studied between 1992 to 2021, and they focused solely on the length of their erect penises. And they have found out that the penises have grown 24% in the last 30 years. Erect penile length is getting longer. The old average was 4.8 inches. Now, 6 inches is average. That used to be above average. Now, you're just like, no, I'm average. I'm a 6-incher. Got the dong going. Uh... They say more studies are needed to confirm these findings. But they say given the trends we've seen in other measures of men's reproductive health, we thought there could be a decline in penile length due to environmental exposures. What we found was the opposite. That we're getting an increase in dong size, but we're seeing trends of male fertility and male uh, fertility health going south. So we're getting these big worthless dongs that aren't going to be able to impregnate anything. So soon it's going to be the guy with the little dong that's going to demand. They're going to be like, yeah, I got a tiny dong. I'm not, I'm knocked the crap out of you. I'll just knock you up with it. I'll impregnate a whole slew of females. And I'll be looking for the little dong guy. Apparently he's more fertile. The big dong guys, it's just a shower. 
The growers are going to be the ones everybody's going to want. Yeah, American male penises rank only 59th in the world, which is pretty disgusting. Other researchers link size to a number of social and health consequences. One study found that the larger the dong, the bigger the personality. Oh my God, my dong's down to my ankle. While another concluded that men with longer members are more likely to spend big bucks on sports cars. Did I tell you guys that I'm getting a Tesla Plaid? Yes. Big 49's buying it for me. I'm working on that right now. I'm gonna get that worked out. Stretch could roll around Tesla Plaid, you know why? Because we care about our carbon footprint. Stretch just wants the fastest car he can possibly get, and I don't give an F if it's gas or electric. We have this discussion about motorcycles all the time. I don't care. I just want to go fast. I gotta, I'll get a Tesla Plaid. And get a huge tax rebate because it's a company car. And it's electric. Yeah, don't think I won't. They got rules in the system. They need to be uh, used. I use those rules. Drive around my giant dong. My huge, massive dong with my oversized personality and my massively expensive sports car. Yeah. So there's also a problem uh, that they can't find the solution to this. Like if they can't make the dong sizes slow down or reverse, they want smaller dongs apparently. This could be a huge problem for everybody. So there you go. Good news for man, because if you just have found out your penis is 24 inch, 24% uh, bigger, you're going to be like, cool. Is there a bad side of this? Yeah, it's not going to really work. So, there you go. There's a lot of strap-ons coming in the future. Going to have a lot of big old worthless dongs hanging around. So that means in 60 years, our, our dongs, the average is going to be like 10 inches in 60 years at this rate. Right? Yeah. Or eight inches. Damn. It's gonna be a there's gonna be some big dong mofos running around, but you're gonna be dumber than hell. Dumber than hell. Alright. I'm stretch. I'm dumb as hell. With my giant dong. It's the big four nine. Big four nine. It is stretch. It's time to go to China. Chicken to China the Chinese chicken. Got a story for you here. This was fun. Remember, I just did a rant earlier about how stupid the government is, how the government didn't know that there is Pico Balloon Enthusiast. I didn't know that either, but it's not my job to protect an entire nation. With the gazillions and billions and trillions and jillions of tax dollars they collect every year. It's not my job. I'm not here to protect the people. I did not know about Pico Balloons. I, didn't, I do know that we're not going to be shooting any more really expensive rockets out of our fighter jets at... Pico balloons. I bet you that. That ship has sailed. You're like, man, the United States government looks stupid right now. These dumb little nerds in northern Illinois are trying to call going, hey man, stop shooting down our balloons. You look really stupid. Well, China did the same thing. They said they saw a spy balloon and they were going to shoot it down. It was probably one of the nerd balloons. But didn't China up the game? Because right now we're having a pissing match with China because that one balloon China admits was theirs. They said, nothing see here, uh, no spy balloon. It said on the side of the balloon, like the Chick-fil-A cows. That's what the Chinese spy uh, balloon said on the side. The Chinese uh, spy balloon flying around. And then we shot it down and they got mad. And then they're trying to, we expelled some people. So they said, oh yeah, we'll see that and we'll raise you one. And I love this. This shows you how stupid the Chinese government is. 
China has imposed trade and investment sanctions on United States military contractors Lockheed Martin and Raytheon because they supplied weapons to Taiwan. So they're like, oh, no, you don't. Dirty, 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 dirty Lockheed Martin Raytheon. People that we thank God for because it wasn't for us stealing stuff from you. We'd have no military whatsoever. No, no, no. U.S. arms manufacturing companies are barred from uh, importing goods into China now. So imagine right now if you're Lockheed Martin or you're Raytheon, you're like, oh no, we just lost a billion people segment of the of the world we can't sell weapons to or aerospace stuff to. And uh, we've been sanctioned. What are we going to do? Here's the problem, dickheads, tiny dickheads. You know where the penises haven't grown in the last 30 years? China. They've gotten smaller. They went from mini penises to micro penises. And this is because they're stupid. The smart people in China are all in America. They flee. And then all they do is steal and steal and steal. And they can't get an original thought in their head. And they can't get an original military plan in their head. They can't do anything without espionage and without stealing. That's why they were flying an effing balloon over the United States trying to get the upper hand. Well, you little stealing bastards, we got news for you. The United States government doesn't let Lockheed Martin or Raytheon do business with you, so your dog and pony show means nothing. Nothing. Hey, you know what I just decided, by the way? I have now decided, um, my, my wife decided I could not um, have sex with Kim Kardashian. That has been said. But guess what? Kim Kardashian wasn't going to have sex with me. That's it's the same thing. It's it's that ridiculous. Oh yeah, we're gonna ban Lockheed Martin Raytheon from doing business with China. Oh okay. That's, that's but might as well be what it said. My wife may as well have said to me, Stretch, you cannot ban Kim Kardashian. And I would have said, really? Because I was planning on it on Friday. Because I just found out my penis is twenty four percent bigger, and I heard she likes them large. Yeah. Not gonna happen. Wasn't gonna happen. I'm going to say there's no need for my wife to even acknowledge that I should not be banging Kim Kardashian because it would never happen. She would see me and be repulsed and vomit. And that would be the end of that. Ah, <sighs> boy. Governments are stupid. Now, China's foreign minister says that Washington and Beijing need to better manage their difference after the balloon incident. We need to better manage our differences. Yeah, I have an idea. Here's our difference. Don't fly spy balloons over our freaking country, you spying little pricks. Or we'll knock your tiny acorn-sized dicks off. That's why. Ah, bastards. Apparently yesterday, uh, Poopy Pants gave a speech about, or gave comments on the, the balloon. And you know he knows by now what I just told you. Poopy Pants knows that all the other balloons we've been shooting down are American nerds flying their ham radio balloons around the freaking world and he came out and he said uh sometimes remember when he talked about me something about the radio and, he, and yeah i gotta find that comment from the poopy pants poopy pants doesn't know what he's saying he just says words sometimes that make a sentence uh china's uh weather balloons and um europe and um we are not friends with um, um, a country that will um, change the channel when I'm watching Webster in the afternoon and Jill Biden is an Eagles fan. 
Oh, really? Okay, great. What does that have to do with the Chinese balloon again? Uh, he says stupid crap. And then he makes words up. He's just, he's all, he's senile and bad shit. So anyway, there, there you go. China made a big, bold announcement. They are no longer going to do business with any of the American aerospace companies that are forbidden to do business with them by the United States government. Mm. But they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know that. And someone called them on that. And they're like, yeah, they're not allowed to do business over here. Like, they can't have investments over here. And we're going to look at the people that run those businesses, and they can't have investments over here. Okay. God. Governments are stupid. Stupid, stupid. Oh, coming up next, I know what we're going to do. We're going to take a break from the nonsense, and we're going to get back to some moto. Let's go to Hunter Lawrence. If you missed that Hunter Lawrence interview yesterday, it was stellar. It was the only stellar thing on the entire show because the rest of the show was pretty much inaudible because the music was blasting. Hopefully that's not the problem today. I think I fixed it. Fixed it by uh, taking some of the bacon grease off my fingers when I'm doing the buttons here in the studio of the Big 49 West. Don't forget Big 49 today, 3 o'clock, Moto Man and Kyle. They're going to get their Chinese motorcycle on. Uh, Moto Man and Kyle expected to be the team announced when China introduces its Supercross racing team. It will be, I don't know who's going to wrench and who's going to ride, but it'll be one of them. They're going to make that announcement today on the show. Look, I just stole their thunder. And then tomorrow, uh, same bad time, 3 o'clock, we will get down with our Supercross coverage. But that will involve not only Moto Man and Kyle, but myself and young Jason from HYR. Get down. It's good times. It's Moto. It's the Big 49. Big, 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 big. The Big 49. Moto. Minute. Brought to you by LBZ. Yesterday I told you Carson Mumford, who's now aboard that Pro Circuit Kawasaki, was not going to be racing this weekend in Oakland. That was the projected date for him the entire season, although it was once upon a time aboard a Bar X Suzuki. He bailed on that team while he was still injured, went over to the Kawasaki team, and was set to make his debut this weekend. Now they say he has a calf injury. That is why. So it's not the original injury. He had healed up enough from that, was getting ready to race, and now has injured his calf. So he is definitely going to sit out. We won't see him racing again until Seattle when the 250 West heads up there. I am Stretch. Another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It is a Stretch show here on a Friday. Supercross Eve. Good news, Supercross bitches. Got no sand in Oakland because the 250 West is soft. That's the word of the streets. They're not hard. They're not hard like Big 49. Big 49 and our giant dumb penis. They can't impregnate, you can't impregnate anyone with it. It's so big. That's what the scientists are saying. Right now, though, I'm going to tell you about one of our homies, one of our future homies. We haven't met yet, but maybe someday we will. We're going to go to Bolivia. Bolivian flake. Home of the cocaine. There's a guy, he's in jail. Sure, he's a murderer. He's a bad guy. But you know what? Even murderers don't want to be in jail. They're like, I got to get out of here. This is some BS. I got to get out. His name was Jose Luis Caliza Diaz. That was his name. He's up in there for murder in Bolivian prison. And she's doing 15 years, though. It's not bad. 15 years. Apparently, he couldn't wait. So he decided, it's time to go. I got to bounce. Get back to doing my business of... Cocaine. Yeah, that's what he's going to get back to. So, the convicted murderer is in there, serving his time, 
they get ready to go to bed the other night, and they're like, oh, where is Jose Luis Caliza Diaz? And they're like, uh, I don't know. But sound the alarm. And this prison's out in the middle of nowhere, and it's surrounded by fields. And out in the fields, they got some flocks of sheep. I bet they use them for food for the prison. They bring them in. How about a little llama? Yeah. Well, the lambs are exactly where Mr. Diaz was hiding. No, he wasn't out there banging one like Moto Man. No, he was not. Instead, our friend was disguised as one. He had come up with a sheep's skin that he had gotten somehow in prison. And he crawled out to the middle of the sheep and he covered himself up with it and he was laying in the field. And when they looked, they're like, hey, what's wrong with that one sheep out there? As they're looking for the escaped murderer. And they realize, oh, that's not a sheep. Hey, hey, Jose, we see you. And he's like, you don't see me. I'm a little llama. And now they call him La Llama. Not La Llama. La Llama is a different thing. Llama is a Yama. Yamas are totally different. He was a lamb. He's now La Llama. He runs around. That's what he says. When they try to get him in, he was sticking to character too. They're like, excuse me, sir, uh, get back up. You got to come back in. We got you. You're going back into your cell. And he said, I identify as a sheep. I need to be out here with my people. And they said, no, sir. Going back to jail for doing cocaine and killing people. I don't have it. You know, sometimes that happens. Sometimes when you're a slanger, you got to kill some people. Can't make an omelet. You don't crack a few eggs. Isn't that what they say? He's trying to make an omelet. Now he's trying to go out there and live with the sheep, and they won't let him. I say that's cruel and unjust punishment. I should be an attorney for uh, Mr. Jose Luis Caliza Diaz. I mean, like, my client is receiving cruel and unusual punishment in prison. They will not let him hang out with his friends, the sheep. He was merely trying to just lay out under the stars and get some good fresh air with the sheep. And you guys brought him back in, put him in solitary confinement. It's not very nice. And he doesn't like that you're eating his friends, the other lambs. That's what they told him. He speaks to the lambs. He's like Dr. Doolittle of cocaine and murder. Yeah. So there you go. That, that's what the future holds for us. I'm telling you, that could be a precursor. Once we get maybe the big 49, uh, we infuse it with the drug money that we're going to make when we start slanging. And then after we're slanging, we go to jail. And then maybe Moto and myself and whoever else is going down with this is going to end up in there with sheepskin on. Wolf in sheep's clothing, hiding out in prison. They're going to be murderers. Yeah, hey, man, some guy tried to jack my cocaine. I had to blast him. Stuff happens. Yeah. Never know, man. Life is hard out there for a pimp. All right, coming up next. No more cocaine talk for today. No, we'll save that for another time. How about this? How about you got yourself your favorite hooker? I would say massage girl. She's not a hooker. That's insulting. And our massage girl was hooking up with this dude. Where did I? Where did this happen? Oh yeah, this happened in fuck it Thailand. That's where it happened. So this guy's in fuck it Thailand with a with with a fucking prostitute. And well, things happen. And his wife finds out where he is. I'm gonna tell you this story next. I got video of it. I'm watching the video. It's pretty good. Girl's got wild. Got nothing on this. It's the big four nine. Big, 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 the big 49 moto minute brought to you by LBZ. All right, I have been looking at the Supercross model track, and it sure as hell looks like there's no damn sand in Oakland. 
That is good news because San has been kicking these dudes' asses. A lot of times dudes have had the lead. They go into the sand with a bad line. They come out, slowed way the hell down. People are catching them. People are crashing. All kinds of bad stuff have happened in the sand the last couple of weeks on the Supercross circuit. So I think everyone out there is breathing a big sigh of relief that they are not going to have to fight with it this weekend in Oakland. However, there is a rumor flying around now that the 250 West dudes are soft because they haven't raced in sand yet, and those 250 East guys have done nothing but race in freaking handlebar deep sand week after week. So that's just what the rumor is. I'm Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9. It's Stretch Show. Get ready for the Supercross. Right now, I'll tell you what's going on out there. It's media day in Oakland. Cooper Webb's up on the orange machine. His trusty steed. He's looking at the track. He's like, I got no sand section. This track, by the way, is tight. It's not a lot of open area at all. It's a baseball stadium. Cooper Webb's like, I got this. I'm on this. Eli Tomax looking at him with squinty eyes, trying to be his best clean. He's what he can. He's like, you ain't got nothing, boy. I got the red plate. Chase Sexton's like, F both of you, grandpas. I'm going to blow you both out of the water. I'll tell you. Who's got the momentum? It's a three-way race right now. Eli, Cooper, Sexton. Riding their trusty seeds. Across the Oakland gangsta sky. That's what they're doing. I have a sidebar right now. I was just in my house. I'm on the keto right now. And I, and, and I do keto. You hear me say I'm doing keto, keto this, keto that, da, da, da. I got diabetes, so I got to do low carb. But when I'm a, a fat man, I really want something sweet or something good. So I'll make a keto dessert. I make a lot of keto desserts in my house. And I'm making a chocolate keto uh, cheesecake. Cheesecake. You put fake sugar in it. You just use cream, basically cream cheese eggs, whatever flavoring. I'm putting a cocoa uh, chocolate protein powder in mine and put it in things, and I'm cooking it in the air fryer in cupcake things. It smells delicious in my house. Right now, it smells like brownies or something. You would think I shit in my wife's mouth, like literally. She's having, oh my God, oh, and it's, it's in the 40s. It's freezing cold for Los Angeles, it's sad to say. Open the windows, oh my God. Well, granted, the heat's on at 80, but she wants all the windows open in the house because it stinks so bad, like chocolate cake in the house, that. She can't stand it, and she's going to barf because the food I make is disgusting. And this is no matter what I make. Like, I can heat up freaking thing of soup, and I get the same reaction. Well, I'm going to snap one day. One day, I'm going to snap. I'm just going to snap. And I'm going to jump on my trusty steed, and I'm going to ride off into the sunset and never come back. Oh, my God. Shoot me. Shoot me. But I'm not the only one with problems with my wife. Let's go to fuck it. That's right. I said, let's go to fuck it. Fuck it, Thailand. That's what you do. When you just say, when you just say F it and you're out of your relationship, you got to fuck it. He's like, have it. I'm going to fuck it. Because I got no Fs to give. And that's what this guy did. But he's from there. So he's in fucking Thailand. And he goes and he gets a fucking prostitute. And he's like, hey, how much uh, to F? And she's like $65 for the hour. He's like, I'll take that up. And apparently he liked this girl, so he went back a couple times. They were getting sexy sex time. And he was spitting his cash. 
Well, he was taking pictures of her, too, on his cell phone. And he's got a wife. He's a married guy. They got a lovely house there, and fuck it. And one day, he left his cell phone at his house there, and fuck it. And his wife found the fucking prostitute. She, she found the, the photos of the fucking prostitute. And she said, oh, hells no. So she followed him. Next time he went to meet up with his girlfriend at the massage parlor, the wife rolls up. Only problem is he had already done his dirty deed and bounce. He got in. He was a quickie. He paid $65 for the hour. And that's about 59 minutes too long. She should have known that. She's married to this one-hit wonder. Well, didn't matter. She spotted the girl there. And another girl, this is what I love. There's video of this because another fucking prostitute took her phone out. And she fucking filmed it. It's not fucking filmed it. She filmed it and fuck it. I'm sorry. I said that wrong. Uh, so the girl's sitting there with a towel on because she just got railed by the tiny penis man with very short stamina because his penis hasn't grown 24% in 30 years like our American schlongs have. And the wife just starts beating the hell out of her. She pulls the towel off her too. You get a little booby in there. Get little girls gone wild, little glimpsy glimpse, and the wife starts beating her ass and telling her, hey, see, this is my husband, showing her pictures. Don't you dare ever touch my husband again. She's like, he just left here. She's like, I know, I followed him, you whore. She said, you'll never be allowed to fuck it again if you touch my husband. So, the police were informed, but no one filed a police report. You know why? When you're a hooker, you uh, tend to not call the police. Just like when you're slinging cocaine. And somebody comes and robs you or something, you can't call the popo and be like, hey, I was slinging cocaine and this guy came and took all my drugs and all my money and I worked really hard for that. This is not cool. You got to go handle it yourself. That's how you'd up in prison like my last friend, uh, Mr. Jose Khalifa Salifa Diaz, that guy in Bolivia. We got friends all over the world. Big 49 is international. So far, we pissed off China. Uh, shout out to Bolivia. Uh, we talked about fucking Thailand. Probably my favorite place, fucking Thailand. I'd really love to go to fuck it. I'll tell you one day, I'm going to say that right here in my house and just be like, fuck it. I can't even make keto cheesecake bites without getting my ass handed to me. It stinks. I'm literally, it's like I diarrhea it on her face while she was sitting in the bed. Uh, help me, God. All right, I got to get out of here. Up next, going to cheer me up. I'm going to talk to my friend Max Anstey again. He rides a trusty steed. It's a firepower Honda. He came over from the UK, so he's a cowboy. He doesn't wear a cowboy hat. He wears a derby. That's what he wears. And him and Dean Wilson, the UK uh, Gs, they ride down. They powered out on those firepower Hondas. going to talk to him. He's not racing this weekend. Dino is, but Max is not. We'll talk to Max next gotta be good and then i'm gonna get out of here it's the big four nine big big, big. big. the big 49 moto minute brought to you by lbz all right tomorrow the supercross is back here in california it's the makeup round for oakland it was supposed to be round two of the supercross and now it's popping right here in the middle of the 250 east they're bringing back the 250 west and they're getting their race on in oakland that's great news however 
It's going to start at a weird time. Typically when it's here, the races start at 7 p.m. in California. And for some strange reason, someone got a wild hair up their ass and decided, hey, let's drop the gate at 5. So at 3 o'clock, we will start the coverage here on the Big 49. We'll get you your odds. We'll get our picks. We'll talk to you about what's happening. We'll give you any updates, talk to you about qualifying. And then we'll recap each and every race as they happen. And as soon as it's done, we'll give you a big fat wrap up and put a bow on that bitch. I am straight. Stretch, another Moto Minute brought to you by LBZ is coming up one hour from now. Big 4-9, it's a stretch show. Time to get up out of here on a Friday. Go to bounce, 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 West Coast bounce. I gotta go. And I gotta get ready to get my Moto on. Not only at 3 o'clock today with Moto Man and Kyle, when I will be tuned in to see what's going on, what those dumb nuts are talking about. But I'm also gonna be Locked in with him again tomorrow at 3 o'clock here on a 4-9 when we kick off Supercross coverage, when we kick off our degenerate gambling. I think Moto Man has the red plate right now, if I'm not mistaken. Moto Man's on a roll right now. I'm shoving it up Stretch's butt, and I'm, I'm none too happy about it. Not only is Will not dead like I proclaimed on the show because I lost Will Christian, the most smoking hot freaking moto reporter in the world. She was gone. She vanished last year. Well, where'd she go? Boom. I don't know. Jason Thomas just replaced her. She was just gone. No word, no nothing. I'm like, oh, we all love her. We talked about her all the time. I think she's in a barrel at the compound where Motoman lives. That's what I thought. Next thing I know, she shows back up on the coverage this year. Maybe she was in a basement and Motoman let her loose. I don't know. But she's not dead. I accused uh, Motoman of, of maybe dismembering her body. And then now she's back. So he shoves that up, stretches, but on a regular and now he's got the red plate in the uh, moto pit game moto's on fire this can't happen everyone knows stretch is the owner of the red plate stretch is the greatest picker of the motocross and the supercross and the super motocross and the red bull ktm that's a new one that's the see here's what's weird it was just bragging and busting your friend's balls when we do the moto picks is all it is talking smack to your buddies we're dead serious about betting on those little ktm kids dead serious so we're gonna go with the ktm kids we're letting it hang like oh yeah no no no. i got this kid i'm putting two three four hundred dollars on that kid right there like we we play for keeps with the little kids because it's we, we've all got inside information moto man's got his source i'm looking at my side find my sources online uh, Jason's got sources because Jason has knows a lot of these kids, even though they're riding on the KTMs, they're secretly sponsored by HYR. Because during when they're not racing at Supercross events, they're racing at the local tracks, uh, many of them. And Jason goes, that kid's fast as F. We sponsor that kid. So we all got our inside info. Then Bookie Kyle's the odds maker. So everybody knows a little something, something. And then last week, let's not forget... Bookie Kyle's got an eight-year-old up-and-coming nephew that's going to take over the family business one day. And that kid, he beat us all last week. He beat an eight-year-old. We got beat by an eight-year-old in the, in the entire game. We got slaughtered. Eight-year-old. Kyle's nephew. Eight-year-old. I'm going to call him Carmine. That's his name. Kyle's nephew, Carmine. Carmine, the eight-year-old bookie. He beat us all. It's crazy. It's not a great day for Stretch last week. I hope no one gets their motorcycle stolen in Oakland before the races are done. Because that would suck. 
Don't worry about to lose a bike, and Oakland is the armpit of America. The anus of California. It's a bad place. The whole Bay Area is bad. It's due to their politicians, just like our state is due to our politicians of being bad. Alright. I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta go. I gotta take a chill pill. I gotta relax. And get ready for Motopalooza tomorrow. 3 o'clock right here on a big 4-9. I thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to us. Thank you wherever you are on this planet. Don't forget the Stretch Show podcast is now up. It will be a much better show today than yesterday because I got the music right. Didn't overcook the music, so to speak. Lord, what a day. I can't take any more. I go to the serenity prayer again. I'm not even an alcoholic or an addict. I just know a lot about them. Oh, man. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. I'm going to go crawl in a ditch. Till then, God bless you all. God bless the United States of America. <laughs>